Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hi, Dee. Hi, Carol. How's the weather? Well, I woke up and it was a beautiful sunny day and I was very happy. And then I realized it was 19 degrees, so I'm not as happy as I was. But it's still a sunny day. You have to be happy. Um, The fact that you have sun is pretty exciting in and of itself. I am having a sunny day here, too, and actually the weather is really good today, except the wind. It's 60 degrees outside, believe it or not. Wow. (laughs) But here's the deal. It's going to be 22 on Saturday. It's just going downhill from here, which is is what we kind of do in the spring, you know. We had the wind over the weekend, and I was surprised that my garden was still here. And I thought, is this what it's like in Oklahoma all the time? Because I don't like it. <laughs> it's not like that all the time in Oklahoma, although we get known for that. It's uh, like that a lot in the spring, though. And we always get on the back end of those big fronts. And that's when we get the weather just churning, churning, churning. But I have a happy, happy bit of news today. What's your happy bit of news? My bees are alive. That is happy news. Yeah. I've seen several of my girls out out foraging, out doing what bees do, and they are pollinating my hellebores. Excellent. Makes me very happy. Well, I don't have hellebores in bloom at the moment, but on a future podcast, we will have to talk about my lawn of crocuses because that brings the bees out in my neck of the woods. Not today, though. It's only 34 degrees, but soon. Yeah, they don't fly at 34 degrees much. They can, but they don't like to. No. And if you actually get them out of their hive to fly at you at 34 degrees, it's going to be a bad day for you and the bees. Yes, very true. So what are we talking about today since it's only 19 degrees in Indianapolis, Indiana? Well, right now it's 34, but still too cold to really go out and do much gardening. And so we're going to talk about houseplants. Ooh, houseplants. Houseplants are hot. My name is Carol, and I like houseplants. Yeah, they're like sizzling hot, oh, yeah. right? I mean, who, who'd have thought? Because I started growing houseplants when I was 13 years old, because that was something a kid could do. Uh-huh. You know, you could buy a houseplant really cheap. And I had tons of them in my bedroom. And then, I don't know when it happened. I was talking about this with my best friend, who I call non-gardening best friend Amy. But um, Amy actually gardens a little. She has houseplants. Houseplants. She actually has quite a few houseplants, which I didn't even know about. So there you go. That's interesting. So houseplants are kind of like knitting. Remember back, I don't know, 20 years ago, nobody knit except like old-fashioned people or my sister who does every craft. But suddenly knitting became hot and everybody was knitting and celebrities are knitting and we're all knitting. I'm not knitting, but... That's the way houseplants were, are. Seemed like nobody really had right. them. You could hardly find them in the stores. And if you did, they weren't very interesting. They were the kind of the same five plants. But now they are a big deal. And there are actual stores that are dedicated to houseplants popping up. And I'm pretty excited about it because it just means that you and I have more outlets to feed our obsession with gardening and plants. Exactly. And you know what? If houseplants get people to be interested in gardening, then I'm thrilled for them because I think it's a great way to start. For one thing, you can grow some houseplants with no dirt, 
at all. You can. But I'm going to say this, D. That's that's very, uh, shall we say, altruistic of you to think of other people in regards to plants. And all I'm thinking about is, look at all the plants they have for me to buy now. Thank you, people, for being interested in houseplants because it's about me getting more. Exactly. It's that, too. Because I remember I kind of lost interest in houseplants about the time I started to have kids because they took up all my time. And also they were boring as all get out. I mean, all you could find were philodendrons, green ones, just plain green philodendrons. Yes. And who really wants to grow those? I don't. I'm over them. Um, but now you can grow all different kinds. So shall we get into some of the... Let's let's talk about the fact that we did this whole show on heart-shaped leaves. It's a couple shows back for Valentine's Day. And what happened to me and what happened to you because we did some research? Well, because we did some research, um, you went out and bought houseplants with heart-shaped leaves. I did. I ordered some. Now, I don't know that I exactly did that, but it doesn't take much to get me off the edge <laughs> and open up my wallet to get another plant. And I, I, have, I have bought some since then. I'm not innocent in this. No, you are not innocent. In fact, you started your little addiction before our show because yours are not, the ones you got into are not heart-shaped. Shall we talk about the plant that you're into that I really don't like? <laughs> yeah, we can. The house plant that I am really enjoying right now, their common names are snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue, and the genus is Sansevieria. Mm-hmm. And I had a Sansevieria growing up. My dad always had one, and I had one that I thought somebody had said was my great-grandmother's or had come from hers, but it got lost um, in a mealybug invasion, which we'll get to that later. I had one of those. I had one of those in the greenhouse yes. this year. Mealybug invasions are bad. They take a lot of water and other things to get rid of. So anyway, you lost a Sansevieria or two over the years, but now, now suddenly I count one, two, three, four, five. I have about eight of them, and so I'm on that <laughs> cusp where some people would say mm, you're collecting them. Other people say you're obsessed, and I do know. <laughs> That um, there is a Sansevieria Plant Society, but I have not yet joined. <laughs> and there's a Facebook group. Is that the sign, is that the sign of real um, madness when you join the society? Potentially. There's a Facebook group, and I did not sign up for it. But I did do enough research on my snake plants to know that I have um, probably two different species. I have the traditional snake plant, which is Sansevieria trifasciata, and mm-hmm. I've got some beautiful ones. Um, there's one I just got that is like a white and light green stripe that is gorgeous, and it does uh, sayuri, S-A-Y-U-R-I. And we will link we will link to all of these in our show notes, or we will. at least list them, so that people know what we're talking about, but... Before you list the next species of the genus, maybe you should tell people kind of what they look like. Because, I mean, people who don't normally deal with houseplants, what? they're tall. So, <laughs> there are some people. <laughs> well, we should point out that you don't like them. They're I hate them. Big, tall, pointed <laughs> leaves. 
Um, that's why they I call hate them- pointy leaves. I used to like agaves, but I got stabbed one too many times, and I hate it. I shouldn't say I hate Sansevierias. I used to have one too. I mean, didn't everybody have a Sansevieria in right. the seventies? I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. So they are just like a big strappy leaf, most of them. And I have one. Most. I have one that's called shark fin, and it's a wide mm-hmm. leaf. So it's a big strappy wide leaf. Well, there you go. So sometimes they have big, strappy, narrow leaves that stand straight up, and sometimes they have them that are narrow that stand straight up. And don't they have some that are also a little more reflexive? Yeah, they do. They have what the uh, bird's nest varieties, and one of them is hanii, and then there's multiple different types of hanii, and that's where it gets kind of confusing um, whether you have a, a distinct species or whether you just have a variety of a species. But and so, what's your what's your other um, part of the genus that you have? The other species I have is Sansevieria cylindrica, and these are called um, not so much mother-in-law tongue or snake plant. These are African spear, hmm. and um, I have one. There, it's sort of a round, pointy leaf, but it's it's more succulent looking, but it is in the point. I have two. I have one called starfish, which is kind of like they come out at different angles, like the the uh, arms, like I guess. Like a starfish? Like a starfish. And then the <laughs> other one, yeah, is rocket, and rocket just grows straight up. And D, here's the thing about these snake plants, mother-in-law tongues, African spears, that make them great houseplants. They're, they're, they're almost plastic easy, almost. Right. They don't need tons of light, so if you have low-light situations like I tend to have in my house, they'll do great. You also don't need to water them that often. In in fact, they told me on Starfish and Rocket, you should water it about once a month. So usually the first day of the month, I grab up my my snake plants, mother-in-law tongues, African spears, and I take them to the sink in my sunroom and I water them, and I just let the water go through and drain out. And then I kind of wipe the leaves down because it is they're, they're smooth and they get dusty. And then mm-hmm. I take them back and put them in their spots for another month. And they're happy. There you they're, go. Easy plants, right? They are very easy. And you're happy. And that's the main thing. So I'm going to interview you real quick. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions. So with that in mind, with your sense of area craze in mind, what do you look for in a houseplant? In the snake plant, at this point, I'm looking for one I don't have. <laughs> and there are tons of varieties out there. So i got to be careful because there's a place, there's a garden center that stocks a lot of interesting houseplants. And they can just put one out on social media. And I'm like planning my next errand to take me by that garden center. So I can just happen in, just happen to see that plant, just happen to exclaim over it. And then, you know, I buy it. Okay. Um, what do you think is a good starter houseplant if you... Let's talk about something besides a sense of area. Well, I think a good starter house. I do love that yeah. word. <laughs> a good starter houseplant. Um, I want to say if you saw it in the store and thought it was pretty, that's your starter plant. But you may have picked one that's not very easy to care for. So I would go with pothos, which I know is a favorite of yours. I love them. Um, I have to keep snake plant in there. Um, I'd have to say the plant that's the Diffenbachia, which is sometimes known by the name dumb cane, because presumably 
if you eat it or something eats it, it paralyzes the vocal cords, although, you know, you've got to eat a lot of it. Well, don't eat it. Yeah, don't eat it. <laughs> Dumb cane is a good one that's easy to grow. The peace lily that's commonly no. sold, that one's easy, and you just moan because it's oh. like, oh. It's also very I boring. Hate- I hate peace lilies with a passion, even though they're known as the one that cleans the house the best and all that. But part of it is because when anybody passes away or gets sick, people send you a freaking peace lily. And I had about seven of them last year. And guess where they all ended up? In the compost pile? Yes, eventually. I kept them alive for a while, but I got sick of them because you have to water them all the time. You know, they... They're big baby plants. They are big baby plant, but the nice thing is when you see it wilting, a lot of times if you see a plant wilting, that's the end of that plant. You've blown it. But if that thing, you just put the water on it, and it's like, oh, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, that's true. And they grow in the dark almost. Yes. So, I mean, mine was in the corner of the dining room, which had no light at all, the big one I had, and it was there for a year. And finally I was like, I just don't want you anymore. So... Um, the plant I think of from the 1970s that's easy to grow is the spider plant. My mom had them. It's good if you have a hanging basket situation and it has the little babies that all hang down. That's a nice one. Especially the variegated ones. I want to give a shout out to the variegated spider plants because I saw some yesterday that weren't variegated and I thought, boy, those are boring. But the variegated ones are kind of cute. They are kind of cute. So what's the next question, D? Okay. Well, this is a hard one. What houseplant can you grow from seed? You know, from seed, that's, that's a very good question. And uh, I helped write these questions, and so I should have had an answer. <laughs> you said herbs. Yeah, you could get basil seeds, and you could grow those, and they would be okay for a while. They need a lot of light, a lot of light. They, need, they will need a supplemental light source for sure because they have great big leaves usually and they also like a lot of water too. You know, the thing is about houseplants is that most of the time they're tropical, so they come from cuttings. That's not to be, unlike with sedums and succulents, which is a whole different class, they come, you know, by division. But most of the time, you know, you could do some cuttings, give to friends, share around, pass it around. Yeah, and another plant I thought of that I have actually grown this from seed, and that's called the sensitive plant. It's a type of mimosa, and mm-hmm. it uh, has a very pretty, I'll call it a ferny type leaf, though it is in no way, shape, or form a fern. But that's one of those where you rub your finger along the, the leaf and all the little leaflets close up, which is why they call it yeah. the sensitive plant. And I grew that one from seed, and I don't remember it being extremely difficult, so that's a good one to maybe start with kids. There you go. That is a good one. Or you could get a philodendron and stick it in some water and let kids see the roots come out. That would be fun, too. That would so. be fun. Any, and, and pothos are like that, too. You could do that with them. Okay, so um, the other thing would be what do you look for when you buy a houseplant? What should you check when you go in the store or nursery and you see that sweet little houseplant and it says, Carol, take me home before you give it to your other plants to live with and meet and greet? What would you do? Well, the first thing I do is I look closely at it and see if there's any hitchhikers on there. And the worst bugs. hitchhiker for for houseplants is mealybugs, which looks like a white cottony mass, and it can decimate your houseplant collection, I know from personal experience, if you're not careful with it. 
So mm-hmm. I would check for that. And if there's any hint of mealybugs, and it's, it, like I said, white, cottony, sort of if you touched it, it would be a little bit sticky. You need to put that plant down, sanitize your hands, and move on. Yeah, if it looks disgusting, too, just get rid of it. If it has stickiness on it, yuck. That's not good. A lot of people want to rescue houseplants, so if it looks no. like it's been marked down and or it looks like it just has not been cared for, which at a lot of the big box stores, I'm sorry, it has not been cared for, then you just need to push that cart along and move move over to the garden center where they actually specialize in houseplants. Yeah, don't don't buy a sick house plant because it'll make your other house plants often sick too. Because you don't know what's wrong with it, and you don't know how it's been watered and all those things. Besides, you can find really good plants now. Ask me how I know this, Carol. D, how do you know you can find really good plants right now? <laughs> because I went on a plant expedition. As you know, I had surgery on my foot, and I was bored out of my mind. And finally, I got regular shoes on and I ran to several different garden centers and I came home with a whole bunch of plants. That's great. When you get those home, well, before that, one last tip, when you bring a house plant home, it goes mm-hmm. in isolation until you are sure, sure, sure that it is clean from pests. Yeah. And give it a good blast of water from your sink. You know, I give mine a really good blast of water when I bring them in um, with the sprayer because sometimes hitchhikers will be, you can get rid of them, right? Right. And you don't even have to use any type of insecticide or anything. So, Or even better, those plants are growing in, most of them are growing in just a cheap nursery pot. And so even better is to put them in the pot you're going to put them in right away and then give them a real good soak. And they they will be much happier. They will be much happier, and I spray them down really good too, um, which isn't easy because when you've replanted them, right? At, you know, at that point, um, the soil is kind of loose, so you got to be careful with them. But you know, I mean, people, you're good with house plants, surely you can figure that part out. So you want to hear what I got? I want to hear what you got. Now, this is does this become my shopping list? Yes, some of it, because I know you're not. You're not attracted to my snake plant shopping list, but I'm probably going to want some of these. I like my house plants for the most part to be kind of soft. So you can hug them. I want to hug them. All right. So, but then again, I, I now like Tillandsia air plants and they are not really that soft. And so that's another they whole. They are not. You know, I used to not like those. We'll just start with those. Tillandsias. I did not like Tillandsias. I really kind of hated them. And then a friend of mine gave me one in kind of a little desert scene inside a glass enclosure, like an open terrarium, which we're going to spend another whole podcast on terrariums. But she gave me this plant and I thought, oh, what am I going to do with that silver gray thing that looks like a bad hair day, right? But right. it wormed its little way into my heart, and it has doubled or tripled in size in the last year or two years, and so I bought some more because, you know. Well, that's good. I had a bunch of Tillandsias that I bought last year, and um, they got neglected over the summer, and they, they aren't with us anymore. But you know, one of those Tillandsias, and this makes me want to run out and buy more, which I probably will in a couple of weeks. I have one that bloomed. What? You had one that bloomed? That hardly ever happens. I had a, a Tillandsia that bloomed. Was it scented? No, it was sort of like a, it was an interesting purple white flower. Oh. And I was just like, oh, wow. 
I got the touch. Yeah. Huh? That doesn't happen very often. They only bloom once in their entire lifetime. That's what I read, that, that once it blooms, it's kind of uh, done, it's mature, it's, gonna, it's on its way out. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, things happen. I was, just, I was just happy and shocked that it bloomed, and I enjoyed that. And the bloom kind of dried up on there, and I, I enjoyed it for quite a while. Well, and they're super, super cheap. I mean, I found these at a place close by that's called, well, some of them, at Under the Sun, and some of them I found at TLC. And this one that I found at Under the Sun only cost me $5.99. And it's not just one Talanzia. It's like a whole cluster of them. And it just looks like I didn't comb my hair or it didn't comb its hair. And then I have a red one. And then I have one that has really thick uh, green I don't know what those are. Are they leaves? I don't know. Whatever they are. Thick, thick green things that come out. It looks a little bit like a monster. So Really? Yeah, a little bit. It's, I kind of like it, though. And I put it in this really pretty mirrored bowl, and it's on my Instagram page if anybody wants to see it. I might just put it on our Instagram, too. But the plant I'm really in love with is pothos. Devil's ivy? Yeah, devil's ivy, believe it or not. Yeah, I didn't know they were called that until the other day. So pothos, to me, look a little bit like philodendrons because they're kind of cousinish. I don't know. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes mm -hmm. when pothos get into the trade and interesting philodendrons get into the trade and they start being, like, confused with one another. Right. In fact, I have one that... It says it's one thing, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's actually a pothos or if it's a philodendron because people get it mixed up all the time. But let's start with neon. Neon has neon green leaves. Yay. I love anything with neon green leaves. So I think I've looked at neon a couple of times, and I haven't bought it yet. But I might have to go get it now that you have it. Oh, and when I was out shopping for uh, plants the other day, I had two really interesting things happen. And that I just thought of it because of the neon pothos. So I was in the nursery, and this lady and her daughter were looking at uh, trailing sedums, and they were looking at donkey's tail, which is a very popular trailing sedum, right? And the one lady started asking me some questions about these little structures that were coming off of it. And I was like, well, I think those are blooms. And so we, we got into this conversation. The lady was about my age and her daughter was about my daughter's age, right? 26. Anyway, so we talk a little bit about succulents. They don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. And then I said, hey, I'm going to go on over to the tropical plants. I go over there and I was looking at a couple of different plants and I didn't know the name of this one. And I asked the lady who worked there, and it was actually a peperomia, peperomia caparata red ripple. It has wrinkled leaves, kind of purpley looking. And anyway, for some reason, the, the younger woman hadn't hardly talked, but she loves that plant. And she ended up telling me all about peperomias. And it was the cutest really? thing ever because I don't ever see anybody in that age group that engaged, you know, about plants. And she was so excited, and she was telling me all about them, and she was trying to load some in my cart. It was really cute. I only went away with one of those because I'd already bought all these other plants. Then I left there after saying bye to my new friends. I left there, and then I went over to Under the Sun, and I had this whole interesting discussion with the lady who worked there who was about 32, and she was all about pothos. And so we had a whole pothos moment together. And also she talked a little bit about... Um, you know, the number one house plant, the fiddle, what's it called? The fern, ah, I'm saying the wrong fiddle thing. Fiddle leaf. 
Yeah, fiddle fig. leaf. The fiddle leaf fig. For some reason, I wanted to say fiddle back fern, and I was like, that's absolutely wrong. So she was like, you know, those are really hard to grow, and people should just try ZZ plants instead and all this other stuff. Anyway, it was very interesting. We had a great conversation, and she told me that people who get pothos fall into one of two camps. They fall into the camp that likes them to trail and look more like philodendrons, and then there's the uh-huh. other camp that wants them to stay all kind of leaves right in the center in the pot. You know, which, and which camp are you in? I think I'm in the leave them all in the center of the pot because then they don't look like philodendrons. They look like bushy kind of plants with heart shaped leaves. But when they start to trail, then they look like philodendrons to me. So I think I'm that way. I don't know. Anyway, I bought several. I'm in that. I'm sort of in that category, too, because I actually have a pothos. Do you? That is 32 years old and it trails. But it's barely alive sometimes because it just seems to lose leaves along the stem. And so you just got this huge, long stem, and it's trailing halfway across the room. And so I periodically have to cut it back, and it's ready for me to kind of lift it up and repot it and give it a, another go because it just it just they just look bad after a while when they're trailing. Yeah, they don't trail real pretty, in my opinion. I don't think they're as pretty. And when I used to work out in the cubicle farm, there would always be one person that had a pothos, and they thought it was really neat to let it trail all along the top of the cubicle and, you know, go round and round and round and round. Thought that was a great thing. I'm like, this is ugly. Yeah, it's not my thing. I I, I want them to look nice and neat. I don't know. I don't mind my philodendrons doing a little trailing, but... I don't really want my pothos to do it. So I bought one that is kind of trailing right now, and I need to pinch it back. And it's called Pearls and Jade. Have you seen that one? I have not, but it sounds beautiful. It's white and green. Um, It's a dark green and white. But here's the thing. She said it's not as um, not aggressive. That's the wrong word to use. It's not as it doesn't have as much oomph as some of the other varieties. And it does appear that way. So I'm going to pinch it back. And see what I think. And then I have my mystery one that's called Satin Pothos, which has great big leaves that are silvery and dark green, really beautiful plant. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a true pothos. I think it might be, how do we say that? Scandapsis pictus? Scandapsis pictus. And I have a plant that is exactly as you describe, and I'm pretty sure it's Scandapsis pictus. And I think mine is Trebi. And yeah. that's based on going to the uh, Costa Farms website. Costa Farms is a great source um, for looking up plants online. They just have tons and tons and tons. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the plants that we're buying at the garden centers are coming from is Costa Farms. Right. So I looked it up on there. And I think I have, and it's called Silver Pothos. But it's a beautiful plant, but very slow-growing. Yeah, this one looks At like least it is here. Too. Yeah, I'll, I'll know more about it because I've not ever really grown that many pothos before. So, the, so those were the pothos I bought, and then I bought this other crazy plant called a piggyback plant. Tell me about it. Which is actually, it's native to the western part of the United States, which I didn't know that. Um, Tomia menziaisi or menziaisi. Um, it is what the reason it's called piggyback plant is because where the leaf comes out at the stem where the stem and the leaf meet in the petiole, they, it makes another little leaf. 
So the leaves grow on top of the leaves, and it has fuzzy leaves. And they come in, like, green, and they also come in a variegated green and white. Really, really cute. And there's also one that's called Taft's Gold. I don't have Taft's Gold. Mine's just a, I think mine might be the white variegated one, but it's not very variegated. You know what I mean? Just a little bit. Right. So I have uh, I have three plants on my look for list now. I've got the Neon Pathos. Mm-hmm. I have the Pearls and Jade path- Pathos. 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 <laughs> and now I've got the Piggyback Plant. Mm-hmm. And the peperomia, the red ripple peperomia. What about pilea? How about one of those? I have one of those. I know everybody's thinking that's the it plant right now, mm-hmm. but it's just okay. You're not in love with I it? I have one. No. No. Some people really love No, I don't love generally them. love plants, D. I don't really love plants. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, the Chinese money plant, which is called Pilea, its name is Pilea, Pilea peppermoides because at one time people thought it was related to peperomias. Right. But it's not. It's just because of the way the leaf attaches to the stem. But the truth is, it, it isn't. So it has. And I think this, this plant is an it plant right now because it's got a great marketing plan first of all they made it seem like that you could uh, and easily make starts for other people because it has little starts that'll show up in the pot and then you can sort of dig those out and pot them up and share them with plants so they've made it like this special little millennials pass along plant yeah. And then there was a certain scarcity to it, so when people found it, they wanted to buy it. But I'm seeing it at the big box stores and stuff, so it's not as scarce as once was. But it has its own website, and it, it's got a great <laughs> marketing plan behind it. It does, and I think that's pretty impressive um, that it does. I like that the leaves look like little coins. I think that's kind of cute. It's a cute yes. plant. So, and cute is important my, when I look for houseplants. It is. Okay, that was my giant trip for houseplants. I already had a bunch of houseplants, but I went and bought more. Because your name is D and you like plants. Yeah, I'm afraid so. So you talked about the ZZ plant, and you, you wondered, do I have a ZZ plant? I do not have a ZZ. I do not either, and it's considered one of the most popular plants out there right now. And so we'll have to put a we'll have to link to what that name is because it actually has a botanical name that starts with yeah, a Z. Long one. But it kind of looks like Z's growing, sort of. I think that's the other reason. I don't know. I, I have never grown a ZZ plant. I don't know that I ever will. It doesn't really fit into my cute huggable category. Right. And I'm more broad spectrum. I'll just any house plant. Any house plant that will grow in my house, which doesn't have any good south facing windows is my kind of house plant. So did you ever grow a prayer plant in the 70s? Because they were super popular then. Oh, of course I had prayer plants. Well, how about you explain what they are? That they, why they're called that? Because the leaves kind of fold up at night. They can fold up into like praying hands. Yeah, they're cute. And they have a real pretty design on their they leaves. They do. They're attractive. They're very attractive. I, I kind of think I should want one, but I don't because I sort of did all that when the seventies, you know, during my macrame period. And so I don't really want one of those. I don't really want a polka dot plant. I used to grow those when I was 13. Um, I don't know. 
Maybe. I may change my mind, though. But we should talk just a little bit about succulents. Well, speaking of changing minds, so here's the thing I would say to people when they're going to buy houseplants. First of all, go to a garden center that has houseplants and has people on staff who know about houseplants. And then don't decide you want one particular plant and that's all you're going to get. Go and see what you like and ask them what grows in the kind of light conditions you have. And then you'll be surprised. There's so many plants you know nothing about. And so just kind of, I guess, you know, in sort of a 1970s hippie fashion, be open to whatever plant speaks to you. Like getting a puppy. The one that runs up to you is the one you should get. Right. But... Plants don't run, so we got to seek them out a little bit. Right. Well, I was going to say, in in that effect, plants look better in groups, unless you're in a cube at work. If you're in a cube at work, you may only have so much room for plants. But if you're in a house, plants look better in groups. Right. You know, more than one. So I don't just buy one plant, unless you're my daughter. Right. It's like a garden. You know, I always laugh because, you know, somebody will take a lilac shrub and they'll plant it in the middle of their yard, and it's not surrounded by anything, and it just looks ridiculous. I would agree with you. You need you need to buy houseplants in threes and fives and a whole bunch. Because the same thing holds true that holds true outside in the garden, which is that one plant by itself, unless it's a specimen plant, unless it's a focal point, it looks better with neighbors. I mean, it doesn't want to be exactly. all by itself. And I like where my lilacs are. I'm looking at them out the window right now. Um, and they actually are starting to form tiny little buds. So it shows that spring will come again. Um, I probably have four in that bed or there were probably were five and one died. But that's another whole podcast. Right. If you're going to water one plant, you might as well water a dozen plants. That's right. Right. Yeah. Or more. Enjoy. Okay, so what got me started also on this giant plant thing that I did the other day was that my sweet daughter, Megan, came over, and she had been to Trader Joe's, and she had bought this really cute little group of succulents that were in this very attractive container for, like, almost nothing. I can't remember what she said she spent, but it was, like, nothing. And she brought them in, and she said, aren't they cute? And so that's how Megan views plants. Megan likes her plants um, as accessories, right? And so when I saw right. them, it made me want more plants. So I went out and bought more. So you could say that Megan is more of a connoisseur of accessory plants, and her mother's just insane. Yes, I think that's what most of us say. Probably. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so real quick, be- <laughs> before we wrap things up, because I, I do need to go out and buy some house plants. apparently. Yes. Um, we want to tell folks that if they go out to Instagram, there are tons and tons and tons and tons of pictures of plants. Oh, my gosh. And if you look for hashtags like plant shelfie, house plants of Instagram, boys with plants, girls with plants, kokodama, succulents, you'll see all kinds of, of uh, fun plants right. on Instagram. Right, and there are some really hot Instagram plant Instagram accounts on there, too. Um, first of all, there's our Instagram accounts. They're not bad, and they have a lot of plants on them, um, and we'll link to ours. But there's also some really hot indoor plant Instagrams, and one is Boys With Plants, which is a compilation of a bunch of different Instagram accounts, and then the boys with plants group pull them in and they put them on their page. And it instantly makes that person famous. Uh, Botanical Women is another one. And it's the same idea, but with girls. Girls with plants, basically. And then there's Tula House, which is a wonderful account. 
Um, a succulent day is a lady who does succulents. Plants in decor, because like my daughter, they are accessories, right? They aren't just plants. Right. And then there's also Patton Studio, and we will link to all of these. Um, she shows a lot of succulents, too, and she also does some macrame. And if you guys love macrame, which macrame is really hot right now, um, you can also search for macrame on Instagram, and you won't believe the amount of macrame that is being done. It is, like, it is exactly like knitting was just a few years ago. So cool. And so we should point out that plants are not just a sign that you are insane, like with D and I. Um, <laughs> plant, they have actually done studies. And so um, don't worry that you're going to become the crazy plant lady or the crazy plant guy. Know that studies have shown that plants can knock out stress, they make people happier, and there's all kinds of research. That spending time around nature, which includes houseplants inside, has a positive effect on your mood and your energy level. And we'll link to that so you can show that we're not just making this up so that more people will buy houseplants, so more people will sell houseplants, so Carol and Dee can get more houseplants. It's because it's good for you. More unusual houseplants because we like unusual ones because we always like unusual stuff. The other thing that we, the other research that's out there is that do indoor plants really clean the air? And there have been a number of studies that show that certain plants do clean the air. And if you want to go look that up, we will link to that too. Very good. And we'll link to Costa Farms, which is a great website, as we said, for finding out more about plants and just like what's available out there. Exactly. It's a wonderful, wonderful website. So we hope we've encouraged you if you aren't into house plants that maybe you buy two or three for your house or for your cubicle at work or your office. Um, we hope that we've given you some, well, basically we hope we've enabled you. So get out there, buy yourself some air plants. Just be sure and water them periodically. Yes. And once again, we remind folks that you can email us at thegardenangelist at gmail.com and send us any questions you have or any feedback. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter as The Garden Angelist. And we are on iTunes and Google Play. And so if you give us a re nice review on iTunes, we will love you forever. But it also helps us to get higher up in the search rankings and get more listeners so we can do more podcasts. Right. And we already have some ideas about podcasts on indoor houseplants that bloom. And also we want to do one on... Uh, terrariums. Yes, terrariums. That's next. Let's do terrariums next because next time when we do terrariums, I've got a giveaway. Awesome. I love giveaways. I can't wait to do it. That'll be fun. All right. Well, that'll be in another week. In the meantime, go out and hug your houseplants and go buy some more. Cool. See you soon. See you, Dee. Bye. Bye.